Hey, welcome back. Uh, this is, I guess, episode one, if the last episode was episode zero, um, being the pilot episode. So we passed the audition. We passed the pilot episode was a success. Uh, we've been commissioned by myself um, to produce another episode to at least give it a go, see where the podcast goes. Maybe it will be cut after a few more episodes, but we'll wait and see. So this is episode one. And after thinking about things for a bit you know we said in episode zero we outlined the task which is to write and record an album in one year sounds easy enough but then me and jack sat down and the enormity of the task dawned upon us of what have we done and that brings us on to the subject of episode one which is where do we start where do we start <laughs> yeah so i think it's it's important to say here that we have not got um we've not got a foundation for an album we've not written the album in advance um, <laughs> and retroactively no here. retroactively recording the process um we don't have anything we have you know a certain number of years of experience in writing bits and pieces but um that's about it i kind of thought when i was thinking of the idea for this podcast wouldn't it be really amazing if uh you could start from not knowing any instruments or having any musical knowledge and write and record an album in a year i think you can i think people have people (laughs) that came from uh, someone tweeted uh, when the glastonbury ticket sold out in about two seconds this year and they said i and this tweet went viral it said i think it'll be easier to learn instruments form a band and write and record songs and and get get signed signed and then get to play glastonbury than it would be to get glastonbury tickets so I yes, mean, the, the original, one of the considered premises for this podcast was whether we could go from scratch to Glastonbury in a year. Um, and maybe which we is, can. Maybe we can. That's, yeah, it's um, slightly more ambitious even than finishing an album in a year. But uh, but an album is more of a tangible thing to aim towards. Like you're creating something rather than like aiming to do something is a bit harder, I think. And there's more uncertainties in that. We yeah. Know it's, within it's, our, it's within our grasp, yeah. exactly. Other people, unfortunately. Um, what if Michael... Booking, booking no, agents. Like Michael what if Emily Evis just doesn't like our, our sound? Yeah. I'll, be, I'll be heartbroken. <laughs> so, yeah. So, where do, where do you start when you've got... You're starting from that fact. We ha- obviously have music that we like, music that we listen to. I guess that's where all bands really yeah I think and most really bands influenced. to begin with are covers bands and then they start writing songs that remind them of their influences there's no point in starting out just trying to be ridiculously original like, I'm going to create something that's never ever been done whatsoever and just like hit a hit a wall with a pan it's been done uh, it's been done <laughs> damn it there's nothing original anymore. Well, that, that is the issue. Yeah, um, it will be it will be great to carve out a little a little niche, but uh, it's something you can't be too calculated about. I think because mm. either uh, it come it will come across being very contrived yep. and maybe not that musical, um, or you'll find that actually what you're doing has already been done. Uh, so. It's finding a balance between uh, something that's not a blatant rip-off. Of <laughs> yeah, and I guess that's a, a challenge of of doing something, so of documenting something as it goes along is, and we're going to try and be as honest as possible when there's something that's influenced us. <laughs> I'm sure there are many cases where people have knowingly 
ripped off a riff or sound no one's ever really known yeah it's, it's a big it's a big thing in, thing in music every six months or so it seems there'll be a big uh, lawsuit in the news of some recent band or artist has allegedly ripped off someone from 30 years ago and they're being that sued for it owns like the e minor chord yeah, exactly yeah <laughs> yeah it's ridiculous on a bit a slight tangent but um i heard a story recently of a couple of uh a couple of people who made an algorithm made a little uh, computer program but supposedly generated every melody within a certain time frame i think it was up to a certain number of notes or a certain length of time and the point the idea being that they were then going to um copyright those melodies and then kind of release them into the wild for anyone to use uh, with the end goal of being to stop these kind of ridiculous oh so they're good people I thought you were going to say they're they're really <laughs> evil well it, it could have gonna... <laughs> gone one of two ways but I think they were, took the kind of Robin Hood uh, role of robbing from a rich yeah. rich being the people who would would sue you for stealing their, their chord progression and giving to everyone uh, whether that is actually kind of legally plausible to <laughs> I'm not a lawyer don't take my advice <laughs> to um yeah to copyright and uncopyright all melodies i don't know but uh, it was an interesting experiment yeah so influence is obviously a big thing we have plenty of that um i guess pe- that's the thing people start with an audience in mind people start with a, a genre in mind uh, maybe it takes a while to find what their exact sound is so do we start with a do we start with a genre do we start by just trying to make music and then the or any genre my worry is that you end up with an, lots of songs and not an album. I think that's the key thing of what we're trying to do is we're trying to make an album. Right, we want it to be coherent. Because there was talk at one stage that the album was dead and that I mean, uh, people, singles were... Yeah, people still, by and large, release albums. Um, even if you get an artist releasing several singles in a row across uh, a year or so, eventually they do tend to wind up on an album so the format's clearly alive but i guess what i'm saying is that some people make albums as in like it progresses through from like the start to finish like a journey yeah you get some you get albums concept are. albums and even if it's not a concept album it can have a flow to it which i think is is important um, from my point of view when i listen to an album i love it when it the songs link together either musically or thematically where do you start do you just come up with some sounds and then try and make a song and then that song is what you shape the album around or do you have an idea for an album and then try and write songs to fit with the album I think the second way is is rarer I think it bands do do that on occasion they'll have a, have a concept or have an idea I was I was listening to an interview with uh, Sharon Van Etten oh, yeah. recently for her latest acclaimed album um remind me tomorrow i think it's called we can edit that out if that's wrong <laughs> um and she, she i think her first few albums had been kind of broadly in one in one sound but she kind of told her producer and um collaborators up front that she wanted this new album to be darker to be more experimental more electronic uh so that's that's an example of certainly when an artist has an idea of what it's going to sound like, what the album is going to sound like before the album is written, before the songs are written. But um, 
I don't know if we, we have such a, a vision in mind. Because we don't even know what, what instruments are going to be on it. So when we used to be in a band 10 years ago, we knew that we had, we had the drummer, we had a bassist, we had two guitarists and a singer. The four band members, and we could play some other things. Like we, Jack could play piano, and we could add in various bits and bobs, play a bit of saxophone, things like that. Uh, but you'd really base the songs around uh, yeah, four, four members. Four core members. And we'd never write for an album either. Would we? We'd never, we'd never no, absolutely to the point not. We no. would just write so, one song at a time. And, and, and actually, perhaps because of that, a lot of our songs did sound quite different. Um, which you know wasn't a terrible thing. I think around the time, a lot of the bands we would share stages with were kind of Arctic Monkeys ripoffs and yeah. very kind of every song was in the same sound. Whereas we had we had a few influences that we uh, mixed up, and as a result, we didn't really pin down a particular sound. Yeah, which is interesting in a way, I guess, but kind of can be your downfall if you don't stick at it long enough to really figure out what's the <laughs> which one people like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's hard to kind of progress um when you don't have a, a USP as it were to speak in business horrible b- business <laughs> speak. <laughs> yeah, let's not turn this into a business podcast. We don't need any more of those. I think I think back in the band days, although we did occasionally dabble with other instruments that was what was available to us um guitar drums bass we didn't have access to all these vsts synthesizer plugins and all sorts of things that we have now that you can access to create music exactly so not only has what's at our fingertips expanded almost exponentially in the uh, past few years but uh, i think our our mindsets have been expanded in terms of what can go on a song what can go on a, a popular song or a, a modern day uh hesitate to use the term rock song but um because <laughs> i think that's part of the point genres are, are becoming yeah genre lines are becoming blurred yeah that's kind of an interesting thing that i think might come out of this experience of uh writing and recording album when we're a bit older we're only 30 but I feel in a much better place to draw from various... I mean, I've listened to a lot more music because I've had a lot more time. There has been a lot more music because <laughs> there has been more time. So I, I I, was drawing... My influence then was drawing on the bands I was listening to as a teenager. were very much from just a couple of genres. Um, I didn't really know anything about music production. I just knew... Uh, and that works for some bands and uh, some bands figure it yeah, out. Yeah, I think it's, it's a classic route. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of a lot of pop punk a lot of indie because um, those were what we were listening to in the main but I think like Rob says we've been listening to a lot more music and we've been kind of actively pursuing different kinds of music and finding out about how that music is made and all this has coincided in the internet age with um, an acceptance that certain genres can go together they can be melded together um, either within within an album and still have a cohesive uh, nature to it or sometimes within a, a single song mm. so all this kind of comes back to the point of where do we start and does it does all this this is all good but does it make it harder or easier because i'm starting to think it might make it harder <laughs> I, I think you might be right yeah so we've just established that the options are almost limitless now and when you're trying to narrow down what you want to make 
limitless options does not help that no and in a world where there's abundant distractions the next you know moving from <laughs> one instrument to another one idea to another is uh, is a risky business but we'll come on to that in another episode that, that is a big thing which i'm sure some of you listening will have experienced the um let's call it not finishing syndrome not finishing a song is probably one of the biggest problems that we've come across so that will be an entire episode on its own at some point we won't get into that too much now but it is an issue but yeah i mean we'll guess we'll find out over the next and we'll update in episode two of what we've managed to do over the the coming couple of weeks uh in terms of starting as a starting point maybe we'll try a few different things i, I mean at this point i don't really know i think i'm just going to go home and stare blankly at a few guitars yeah, and don't, don't stare too long because the <laughs> clock's ticking <laughs> Uh, I mean that is one good advantage we have uh, so we have built up again another advantage of being old is that we've accumulated quite a lot of equipment and instruments over the years so I've got various guitars various um, microphones and uh, synths and things so we have plenty of things to draw upon straight away we we don't need to go out and buy instruments not that you need to do that much anymore but we can we've got plenty of stuff we can make music with yeah I I think the excuse of not having the right instruments or not having it's sufficient gone. instruments is is long gone um it was always an excuse wasn't it i mean of like why you couldn't produce uh again this can be an episode entirely on its own of, of how things have changed and, and and how you can anyone can produce an album at home now but it was always an excuse as a band is that like you always had to book into a recording studio or you know you couldn't properly mic up drums at home they would never sound good you couldn't sample drums it just wasn't really a thing or we didn't know how to do it anyway it wasn't like you couldn't just go and look up a youtube video of how to record write and record yeah youtube YouTube was was barely around when we first started yeah so it was very much like it felt like you could write music and that was quite cool and you could uh, but actually when it came to recording something and producing something that was was a big hurdle yeah it was a big hurdle and that's what stopped i guess a lot of people from making that next to actually finishing an album and uh, why a lot of bands were just cover bands, I guess, back when we were younger. Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely fine to be a covers band, but we we had ambitions to write our own stuff and um, ultimately record our own stuff, which is, I guess, kind of where we fell down a bit. And another big thing, I think, was if you didn't pursue it full time, the only other way to really do it was to go and maybe study music at college or do something like that, which is a big help. Uh, there's plenty of people out there who we know who were in bands when we were younger went on to study music and carried on making music and you kind of just stay in those circles i guess don't you and and it makes it easier to maybe form a new band or yeah i think i think so so you're effectively doing it in your your work time and your play time if if that's what you choose to to do yeah you've got access to people that know what they're doing i think yeah that's that's a big thing as well you're surrounded by like-minded people so hopefully the motivation can sort of transfer between you and uh, you can keep it going that way we can fill people in on as we go along how how does it work having a nine to five job and trying to and doing other things and having other hobbies and trying to just record bits and bobs where you can you know not sitting down for weeks or months on end to record it because that's i mean you hear it more and more these days particularly as a band progresses um i remember listening to a, a podcast the 1975 recently and they recorded their last album they basically just got a house together uh, for a few months and i think that's quite common it has been quite common for many years 
I think the Queen, and I saw her in the Queen documentary. <laughs> She's done an album, has she? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this this idea of getting, uh, like, living in a house together or living together, and then you're just there 24 7 as a band, uh, writing a recording until you've got the album finished. It's a bit of a different way of approaching it. I know people obviously do write albums, you know, producers and stuff in their spare time, but kind of. Yeah, so we we do not live together, so we will be doing this kind of remotely for a large part of it. I mean, hopefully there'll be opportunities to kind of get in one room and uh, and play some music together. But uh, initially, at least, most of it will be done from our own separate homes, and that's another another challenge. Yeah, and I guess this is another thing that maybe you don't realize when you're younger and you're listening to bands, but I've realized more and more as I've got older is that a lot of bands are really just one person. Uh, they are driven by one person writes the song, yeah. one person writes all the lyrics. Um, and the, they've just got a band around them. Maybe so they get, yeah. So some, sometimes it's, it's literally so there's, there's a uh, acts that sound like bands. They're called what you would think is a band name, but actually it turns out it's one person. Tame Impala. Tame, Tame Impala, yeah. And case in point. Good example. And other times they are bands. They, were, you know, they write and perform together, but really it's just one person. Yeah. Who's the driving creative force? And um, it's actually, I'd say it's probably more, uh, more common that that's the case. It's quite rare where everyone in the band has an equal kind of yeah, creative. Yeah, because I mean that relies if you're all putting in equally, it relies on you all being on the same page, all having the yeah. same vision of it. And I think it is. I guess it just makes it more difficult um, because it's, especially when you get into writing things like lyrics. If we even have lyrics, who knows? Are we going to have singing? Is it, is it only going to be singing? Yeah, is it only going to be singing? Is it going to be built up from various clips of singing? Just is it going to be? inaudible to human ears <laughs> especially with lyrics you it can it's quite a personal thing if if you're maybe we'll have to address that maybe we'll address that in an episode maybe it'll be easier for us to write like a album from the point of view of someone else or like or maybe one person just takes the the role of writing all the lyrics um i don't know but that's something we'll have to find out and it's, it is it's, it's one of ma- one of many things we're gonna have to find out and uh and one of many reasons why you have to tune in exactly <laughs> and like and subscribe <laughs> that sounded a bit too uh, too much like a demand and like and subscribe if you so wish do what you want yeah do what you want to be honest we're going to carry on making the podcast we're going to write the album even if we only have two subscribers at the end me and Jack being those subscribers then <laughs> I'm, at I'm least definitely subscribing. we'll still have made an album at the end uh, but if you are if you do if you for some reason like the podcast then let <laughs> us know uh, we'll probably set up some kind of email address or some kind of way of contacting us, I guess, at some point. Uh, once we maybe once we've got a band name, that's another topic as well Ooh, for an band entire name. podcast. So, so lots of things to talk about is what basically the conclusion of episode one. Uh, where do we start? We've not started yet. We hopefully by episode two we, we will. will have started. Uh, we may even have some sounds to play. Who knows? That would be exciting. <laughs> oh, that'll be a big step. <laughs> actually, getting sounds. Step. I'm not committing to that, but yeah, tune into episode two. There may be some kind of sound. And what more can you want from a podcast? Yeah. Hey there, it's Rob again, but from the future. Don't listen to Rob from the past just there. We would really like you to subscribe and follow along the journey with us from start to hopefully completed album in one year's time. Uh, You'll know now if you're listening to this, we do actually have a name. 
the tune lighting podcast which rob of the past did, was unaware of when this episode was recorded and therefore we have an email address too which is tunelighting at musicianshq.com i'll put a link to that in the description so you know exactly what it is but yeah we'd like you to send in any questions any ideas for future episodes you might have any ideas for things you think should go on our album and let us know if maybe you're thinking of also trying to record your own album within a year and send in any comments and we'll try and read them out on the show as we go along but for now we'll see you next week for the next episode of the tune lighting podcast (laughs) 